This is Shi'ar Jeshub, coming from Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. In today's program, Pastor Greg Scalzo will be continuing this section of the Heavenly Authority series on respect for authority and the limits of that respect. And when we left off last time, he was reading from Matthew chapter 23, where Jesus is rebuking the scribes and Pharisees. Let's rejoin Pastor Greg. Therefore, indeed, I send you prophets, new wine, wise men, and scribes, new scribes. Some of them you will kill and crucify, and some of them you will scourge in your synagogues and persecute from city to city. And the book of Acts tells you the persecution against Jewish believers by those who were unbelievers. That on you may come all the righteous blood shed on the earth, from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, son of Berechiah, whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. Assuredly, I say to you, all these things will come upon this generation. And he knows what's going to happen there in less than 40 years' time because he goes on to say, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her, how often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. He's willing. He wants it. We're always concerned, well, does God want good? God wants good for his people. He's willing, but you're not willing. They would not receive it. See, your house is left to you desolate, for I say to you, you shall see me no more till you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And we were singing that, Baruch Habab Hashem Adonai in the Hebrew. And then Jesus comes back. He can return to this world. Jerusalem in the interim would fall, and it fell. The Romans destroyed the temple. They sent the Jewish people into exile because they did not know the hour of God visiting them. From Abel, the blood of righteous Abel, to the blood of Zechariah, the son of Berechiah. And I said last time that we would, that there's controversy over who that is and that will, I'll tell you my opinion, but not yet. Let's go on a little further. Let's take a look. We saw now his treatment of the Pharisees. Let's see how our Lord Jesus dealt with the high priest, the high priesthood. You have at this time almost a shared high priesthood. You have Annas, who was a high priest. Now, he's a descendant of Aaron, but he's placed around 6 or 7 AD by Quirinius, the Roman governor of Syria, as the high priest. So you can see there's a lot of politics involved. The Romans are involved here. The people will only accept the descendant of Aaron as a high priest, but the Romans have a say in something they shouldn't have a say in. He's put in there. He's taken out in 15 AD by Valerius Gratus, who's the procurator of Judea. He's removed. But he's still the old Annas maintains a lot of power because five of his sons become high priests after him. One grandson... And at the time of Jesus, you have Caiaphas, who's his son-in-law. So his household is still in control. He's removed by power, but everyone recognizes him, really, as the power behind the power. If you look in Luke chapter 3, 
and verse 2. It says, while Annas and Caiaphas were high priests, the word of God came to John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. While Annas and Caiaphas, Luke knows they're both serving as high priests, though Caiaphas, the son-in-law, is officially the high priest. And these two are the worst of the descendants of Aaron. They are in the order of Eli's sons who took advantage of the people. Let me ask, who would be the faithful descendant of Aaron at this time? We know that Annas and Caiaphas are descendants, but they're unfaithful. Are there any faithful descendants that you can point to in the scriptures? Well, it's right here, what we just read in verse 2. While Annas and Caiaphas were high priests, the word of God came to John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. Zacharias, if you turn back in chapter 1, of Luke, there was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest, priest, priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron. Her name was Elizabeth. So both of them are descendants of Aaron. Both Zacharias and Elizabeth are descendants of Aaron. Zacharias is a priest. We're told it here in 1.5. He's of the division of Abijah. So what is the division of Abijah? If you go into 1 Chronicles chapter 24, now these are the divisions of the sons of Aaron. The sons of Aaron were Nadab, Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar. Nadab and Abihu died and had no children. Therefore, Eleazar and Ithamar ministered as priests. Then David with Zadok of the sons of Eleazar and Ahimelech of the sons of Ithamar divided them according to the schedule of their service. And they divided up the service in the temple that was going to be built according to the sons of Eleazar and Ithamar. And there were more of Eleazar than Ithamar. You have 24 altogether, 24 houses. And it gives the divisions. And if you look down in verse 10, the second part, it says the eighth, the eighth lot or division fell to Abijah. So Abijah, a descendant of Aaron, was a priest. He had a priestly house. In the time of David, it's documented. And this Zacharias we have in the New Testament. You know, sometimes we pick up the New Testament and read it as though it's separated from the Old Testament. But there's a continuity. The New Testament is just as Jewish, just as Hebrew as the Old Testament. John the Baptist's father was a descendant of Aaron, which means John the Baptist was a descendant of Aaron, John the Baptist would have been a priest. He was a priest. As a matter of fact, he proclaims the priestly, the eternal priestly instruction when he says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. In John the Baptist, you have the priesthood of Aaron dovetailing with the priesthood and the order of Melchizedek, or Samuel, the faithful priest that will do all that is in my heart and my mind, says the Lord in 1 Samuel. And when Jesus comes to John in Matthew chapter 3, in verse 13, then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John was preaching the word of God on repentance. Forget the Romans, forget the Greeks. 
You have to repent. I have to repent. The rocky ways have to be made smooth. The twisted ways straight. The mountains need to come down. The valleys need to come up. We have to prepare the way for the Lord. Messiah is coming. He brings salvation. But if you don't understand you need to be saved, you'll miss Messiah. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. That was the message John was preaching. Come out to the water. Put yourself in the water. Understand you need to be washed clean. And the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world comes, and he provides a way for us to be made clean. Why should Jesus come out to be baptized by him? Jesus never sinned. He never once sinned. We're told that in multiple scriptures. What did he need to repent of? And John, verse 14, tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you are coming to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Permit it. Allow it, because now by this we fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed it. Well, think about it. You have the priest on the waters of the Jordan, one probably who should have been the high priest, John, son of Zacharias, of the tribe of Abijah, a son of Aaron. And this one comes who should not repent because he's never sinned, just like that little lamb and that goat and that bull they didn't sin, yet the high priest took them, and they laid hands upon them, and they sacrificed them, and they ordained them as the substitution, the atonement for the ceremonial sins committed in ignorance of the people. Here John, when he does it because of righteousness, when he takes Jesus and he places him in the water, he ordains him as the one that would take the sins of the world upon himself. He had nothing to repent of. Yet when he goes in that water, he goes into it for you and for me. He takes our sins. He announces his ministry. His ministry is one that ultimately he will die for us. This is the start of his ministry. This is the anointing of him by the true high priest, John the Baptist, the son of Aaron. This is the lamb that God will provide, promised to Abraham. He will provide a lamb for himself. He will provide himself a lamb. And John ordains him, shows him, and declares him to the world, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The ministry of death starts at that moment. The high priest laid hands upon Messiah. Now, his father, Zacharias, remember we said last time a lot of the priests were Sadducees, not all of them. They were Pharisee priests also. But a lot of the priests, the ones with a lot of property and wealth and power, were Sadducees. But John's father, we know, is not like the Sadducees. Because when you read his prophecy, if you look in Luke chapter 1, verse 67, now his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. This is at the circumcision of John, his son. And has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. Speaking about Jesus. So he's looking forward to Messiah, unlike the Sadducees. He's a Pharisee in belief. 
as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets. He believes in the prophets, not just the first five books of Moses, who have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to perform the mercy promised, promised to our fathers, and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to our father Abraham, to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our lives. And you, child, he's speaking to John, will be called the prophet of the highest, for you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins through the tender mercy of our God, with which the day spring from on high has visited us. God from on high has come down to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. This was a man filled with the Holy Spirit, anticipating Messiah, seeing the miracle of God. And remember, he paid the price that he couldn't speak all those months because he couldn't quite believe it when the angel told him, even though Abraham and Sarah were proof God could give children in old age. And now he's received the promise, his mouth is open, and he gives praise unto God. He's a good priest, a good man. We invite you to visit Shi'ar Jashub on the web. The address is www.shi'arjashub.org. That's S-H-E-A-R hyphen J-A-S-H-U-B dot O-R-G. Make it your site for serious Bible study. And may the Lord Jesus bless you as you serve him.